Lord, be people who are, are driven by the reality of your greatness to glorify you in all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, uh, I'd like you to turn to Luke chapter 2, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of strange things going on this in December. I mean, it's been pretty nice here. Some people are saying, uh, you know, it's just weird. It's a strange December. I can remember other Decembers, I don't know if you can, where it was pretty nice, and it sure didn't feel like Christmas. I like those a lot better than the ones where you're chopping a lot of ice out in the tanks and it's it's cold. I mean, some of you remember years when we've gotten a lot of snow. It seems to me we either have uh, ice and bare grounds or warmth and bare grounds. But um, the Lord is good. But, you know, I, I started working on this message. This was a sermon I was going to use last week. And, and that Tuesday... Uh, about 10 days ago, 11 days ago, on Wednesday, well, Tuesday, we had the funeral here for, for Lauren D. Peterson, and, and there was a lot of distractions for me that, that morning. Uh, uh, Go your Brothers men showed up, and we visited a little bit, and then Wednesday, I was trying to work on this message as well of that week, and that's when those winds came up, and you know, it was really nice, and then all of a sudden, there's strong winds, and there's this little cloud to the south about noontime, and I get back up to my office, and then I look back outside, and it's just, the, cl- the sky is flooded with clouds. Uh, we canceled that night our caroling for the youth group, but you know, you could just feel it coming. I, at least I could. Maybe it was the cold that I had last Sunday that I could feel coming, but it felt like, you know, there's a lot more pressure. I don't know if the barometric pressure was dropping or what, but I could just feel feel the change, the wind was blown so hard, and it was kind of hazy out, wasn't it? Do you remember back that far about 10 days ago? It, it was just a weird day. And then there was tornadoes in Nebraska and different places. I was thankful we didn't have any. And Arnold, and I think out here it rained, and the, fortunately, or praise the Lord, that a lot of the roads blew off before it froze. I know over towards Gandy, they were getting snow, and we were getting rain. Uh, and they were getting tornadoes down by uh, Grand Island Hastings. And yet we're, we have a lot to be thankful for. It just makes you think about the folks in Kentucky and those states down there that were hit severely by a string of tornadoes. And yet all of that is just the, the idea here is that you could see the very visible reality and you could feel it of a change in a storm system, right? And when we consider the greatness of God for us as believers, praise the Lord, we have the testimony of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives. But visibly with our eyes, there's a lot that we miss. But we want to see more, right? We read a lot of wonderful, fantastic things. I woke up, this last week, feeling kind of down, and the passage I was reading was in Ezekiel. <laughs> and the things that he saw, the glory of the Lord, that would change your perspective ex- to an extreme amount, right? And so in Luke chapter 2, 
we, we read through this, and, and if your family's like mine, we oftentimes read this passage before opening gifts, and we come to it and we see this fantastic, the, the fantastic visible display of the glory of God and de- declaring to the shepherds the reality that the Messiah had been born. And so let's read this. Follow along as I read it out of my uh, NASB translation here. But Luke 2.8. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And... Uh, claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. And so, we, as, as we've passed Christmas now, and as we've celebrated Christmas, and some of us may still have Christmas celebrations, but there should still be this awe about what's transpired, what's taken place. I think the older you get, uh, the less awe you may have, right? Um, But as we consider the reality what took place so many years ago, it should challenge us to see that God's glory is, is great. And in His glory, it should drive us to live greater lives of worship. That is, everything that we think, everything we say and do, should have within it a driven motivation behind it to glorify He who we cannot fully glorify. To praise Him who we we always fall short of praising. Another way to put it is, is this um, from A.W. Tozer. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And this is a quote that's in your bulletin insert. 
says again, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And if we really have this awe, this sense of, of wonder because we have a greater understanding of His great glory, His perfections, it would change everything about us. We have to have a better understanding of who God is and His great glory. And, and therefore... I want to explore the glory of God, and I believe I've done this in the past from this passage because it just overwhelms me in the reality. Or when you look and think about what if you were out there that night of, you know, the only times I've been out with livestock generally was when I was night calving, which was a long time ago. I'm pretty soft anymore. Um, but, you know, we just think about it. Here a couple years ago, or maybe just recently, you know, when there's drones in the sky, that's a lot of conversation for us, isn't it? We talked about it on and on and on. Remember? That's nothing. Imagine being out there doing what you're supposed to do and all of a sudden an angel speaks to you. And then as he's done, the angels, many angels appear praising God. Of course, these shepherds would be very, very foolish if they had not followed through on what the angel had told them. But when we, you consider this, this passage, it, it draws me to the, you know, think about and ponder the wonderful glory of God. And so we want to explore the glory of God in relationship to the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ of our Messiah. And first we need to explore or ponder about how impressive it was, is, was, and is that God's glory was on display. And so when we look at this passage, we, we first see how it was visibly seen. And, and it was displayed first by His messengers or His angels. The Lord God's glory was displayed through the reality of this message and the messengers who were giving this message. And so if you look at verse 8 through 10, the first part of 10, it says, do not be afraid. Well, why would they say that? It was because they were fearful. <laughs> right? Wouldn't it be? A lot of times you read in Scripture when a prophet goes before the Lord or even an angel and they can't even get enough energy to get up off the ground. And yet these are just angels. A very small portion of the glory of God is being revealed here and yet it should cause, and it did cause for them great fear, but great awe for all. In the second part of verse 10 to 12, we see that they delivered a message, and this message spoke of great news, of great joy for everyone, right? We know that. We've read this over and over and over and over again, but it's reality that as we read in Galatians chapter 4, right, at the right time, From the beginning of human history, God had, and the fall, right? Genesis 3.15, God had promised to send a Messiah, a Savior. And here at this moment, 
They're proclaiming the reality that the Messiah, the Savior, is here. But not only was there a powerful message, again, God's splendor, His brilliant light, and His radiance was shining around these angels. It shone around all the men there, the shepherds. In verse 13 through 14, this, this great appearance, and, and so there's a vast number, we don't know how many, but a large number of them appeared who were saying, who were praising God and who were saying, and we often think of this, that they were singing. Yeah? We, we even have a song, Glory to God, Glory to God in the Highest. But that's what they were saying or singing, and I always think of this song, that their voices were filling the air. Uh, we were in a, a place yesterday for a family reunion, and you can go into the community building there in Arnold, and sometimes there's just echo, echo, and everybody's talking, and it's finally nice to get out of there, and there's no sound. But just imagine that there's a powerful, audible message where these angels who are filling the sky louder than some of those shop buildings we're in as they echo. I would imagine, we don't know how loud it was, but they were just praising the Lord. Vast number of angels praising and giving glory to the Lord that would put you to your knee in awe, your knees in awe. But they were praising someone. They were praising the Lord God on high. You know, to speak is to affirm what is true and often merely what we know to be true. And I heard a, a preacher in his final prayer, this, these, the words come out of his mouth about how, you know, the vast depths of who God is, the majesty of God, is something that we study and we try to get a little bit greater uh, understanding of. But even if we were to study it all the days of our lives, which we should, right? About how great God is, His majesty, His perfections. If we were to study, you know, all of our lives it will but fill a teacup. It would be like filling a teacup with the Atlantic Ocean. That is, you know, we may get this glimpse and this view and this, of the power and majesty of God, but it's like even if we are filled up with the full understanding of what we can understand of how great He is, it's but like taking a teacup out of the Atlantic Ocean and we have just barely got a, a small portion of an understanding of the powerful, wonderful truth of who God is. God is worthy of our praise. And so the message, let's get back to the message. I got off course just a little bit, but they spoke about the peace among men. That is, you know, we find that there's reconciliation through Jesus. There's unity in Jesus with the Father. We are now children of God, those of us who've turned to Christ for salvation by faith. But the message include not only peace among men, but also those whom 
He is well pleased. The Lord God was pleased enough to send His Son, Jesus Christ. His love was enough to send the Lord Jesus Christ. And so His great, His great grace is overwhelming. And His love for people is astounding. And we need to be reminded that at this time of year, especially when we look at all the things that have gone on the past several years and the difficulties and the heartaches. But as you move on through verse 15 through 20, we see how it's not only displayed by His messengers and the message, I'd like to add, but it's displayed by His worshipers. And so, of course, they hurried to see what had been so brilliantly proclaimed They had to listen to the command and the instructions, and then they followed through. They just didn't sit back, right? Oftentimes, I can read a passage, and then I get up, I go get my cup of coffee, down that, go out the door, I forget what I've read. We could leave the church building and forget what we've learned. Or maybe it was an unawe-inspiring message, but we may even in an awe-inspiring message, we may go out the doors and... Forget. It's a challenge, isn't it? Here, this is so awe-inspiring that they obeyed and they followed through. And they told the people about it. In verse 20, they glorified and praised God for what He had done and what had been proclaimed to them. And verse 17 is where it talks about they had made the statement known to, to many people, really, more than Joseph and Mary. And so it's displayed by their response. And we'll get back to this in just a few minutes, okay? And it's displayed by His grace. Look at verse 11. Verse 11, For today in the city of David there has been born for you, for us, for them, a Savior who is Christ, Messiah, the Lord. He is fully God and fully man, but one of the greatest things is He is Savior. Salvation is through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who was anointed he who is the anointed one who came to redeem the anointed one who is king as we talked about as john mentioned after we sang one of the hymns he is still king he is the lord he is both god fully god and fully man and what we need to remember at this time of year is this is just like uh you know 10 days ago that wednesday storm um the majesty of God is still made visible in many ways, through many ways. And that night of the birth of the promised Messiah of Jesus Christ, His glory was on display. It was on display while Jesus walked the earth. And, you know, many of us like these light shows in North Platte. Uh, they're on the north side of town. One night we were going to try to drive through, but there were cars lined up in both directions, several blocks. So we're like, ah, we'll do it later. So the next time we came through, it was one of those set to music. Have you been? 
been to one of those. Pretty neat. I saw a picture of Lorraine and and her boyfriend when they were going through some. They went through some lights in Kansas City, and there's one where in one picture they had basically wires or something, but the lights were over them. They drove through it. Kind of awe-inspiring, right? We, we love the majestic or the ooey-gooey feelings here at Christmas, the things that make you go, wow. And like I said, sometimes as adults, there's not too many things that do it for us anymore. We've seen everything, almost. But, um, what we, we like are, is to see the, the brilliant um, things on display that arouse our imagination and make us, change our perspective. The, the brilliant glory, the messengers, the angels displayed and proclaimed is just a fragment of the glory and power of God yet to be revealed. And yet when they saw this, it changed everything for them. And it's changed everything for us when we've come to know Christ as our Savior, hasn't it? But there's so much that we misunderstand. There's so many things we forget. There's so many things we underestimate. As I just want to challenge you this morning, uh, draw near to the Lord Jesus Christ and allow Him and His Holy Spirit to drive you forward, to motivate you, to be people who will be worshipers who will point just a little bit to His magnificent glory and to His magnificent grace. Because God's glory must affect or guide our every motive, and God's glory must drive us on to greater lives of worship. So second here, as we go through this, we need to explore, ponder about how it affected those there and how it must affect us. And yes, I've already uh, pointed to this, and so we won't dwell, a lo- you know, or spend a lot of time on this. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right. Here's the quote. Forgot where I'd put it. I should have looked at my slides. It's been a week. Uh, but it was on display, and we've already talked about being discerned, that is, understood and seen and, and changed them. And so it's pondered by his workers. Let's just go through this and look at how it changed the perspective for many of them. That is realized. When I say discerned, I mean realized. Um, and so just to evaluate the response that they had here um, by the people in this, this passage. First, it's pondered by his workers. The shepherds discussed it, and then they did it. You know, and there's been times when I've been on a work, a job with many people. It's a blessing to have many people, many hands make light work, right? Sometimes many hands means that there's many voices and many ideas and you never get to the job. Anybody ever been there? No? I'm the only one? 
Sometimes you're like, man, I wish I just would have come here to do the job. I might not have done it all correct, but we'd be getting somewhere because we wouldn't be over there talking about it. But they didn't stand around talking about it. It had made such an impact on their life that they went right away. They didn't put it off. They didn't say, oh, well, I still have sheep out here. I need to go do this or I need to go do that. And maybe I'll eventually get to it. It was on the top of their list. And the question for us today, is Jesus at the top of our list? Is he first in our lives? Are we willing to do everything for him? And not everything, that everything may not mean that I'm always involved in the Bible study every night with other believers, but it means that everything that I do, there should be a sense of I'm going to glorify God for everything that he's done in my life through what I'm doing now, even if it's digging out a uh, auto gate, right? Don't do it in the winter. I don't know. The ground's probably not frozen yet, but it's horrible, okay? You put it off. Now, I mean, that's another story. You get in trouble. It becomes more work. You know, in life, uh, we put things off for Christ, and, you know, we may not bring as much glory to him. But in everything you think, say, and do, do it for the glory of the Lord. Here we see also not only about the shepherds following through and, and going, but th- what they told Mary, she, she treasured these words in her heart. It made an impact on her, and she thought about it all of her days, knowing, I believe, really, hey, so, this is going to happen. I don't really want it to happen. Maybe it'll just be farther down the road. Okay? But she treasured these words about who Jesus is. And we sang one of the songs that talked about the spear in his side piercing our Savior. When we consider Christmas, we always, always understand. He came here for a purpose. To pay for the penalty of our sins. So not only was um, it pondered, (laughs) not only did they do what they pondered, but it was preached by his witnesses. In verse 17, I already went over this. They told all, verse 18, all those who heard wondered at the words that they said. And in 1 John 1, 1 through 5, I love that passage. Those who walked with the Lord Jesus Christ, who heard him speak, who who touched him, who, who, who saw him, they proclaimed the reality of who he is. And, and we find in John 1, we also see that he talked about how the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ greatly affected him. We'll get to that in just a minute. But it was preached by his witnesses. And it was proclaimed by his worshipers. It was proclaimed by his worshipers. So we should proclaim the reality of who Jesus is by what we do and also by what we say. And just A.W. Tozer says, a low view of God is a cause of a hundred lesser evils. A high view of God is a solution to 10,000 temporal problems. Just a challenge that not only should we ponder and preach the reality of who Jesus is, but we need to have a high view of who he is because it could keep us from making very, very foolish decisions that will hurt us and our families and our communities. But if we keep this high view of him, then it will guide us and we will be greater proclaimers of the message And we will not only proclaim it with our tongues, with our mouths,
but in what we do. And by worshipers, I'm not just saying singing songs and witnessing to others and talking about him to others, but how we live our lives. And so I'm try, I've tried to here in December, although we may not think, well, Psalm 23 is not necessarily a Christmas psalm, right? We've talked about our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want to tie it in here just a little bit. Psalm 23.3, right? So I might have to start at the beginning of the verse because I haven't been going through saying it to myself this week. But the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Uh, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Um, Even though, am I right? What? Oh, he, he leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Is that verse three? Okay, that's the verse I have here. So, he leads me in paths of righteousness, right? We will be obedient to him. We will follow him, right? For what? For our name's sake? For his name's sake. It's interesting if you look at that Hebrew word. Did you know Shem means name? He was one of the sons of Noah, right? His name was name. How would you like that? Or namesake. It means also namesake. For, for the reality of here, the, that for pointing to people who God really is, okay? Trying to remove the cover so people see how great God is. We don't have to build him up to be something greater than he is. We just never attain the reality that he is this great. <laughs> we can never point him to how great he really is. His name is great. And it leads us to other psalms. Psalm 31, 3. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. A lot like Psalm 23, 3. Are we willing to follow him in every way? In every decision of our lives? The New Living Translation in that verse in Psalm 31, 3 says, For the glory of your name. For the glory of your name. So the Lord will lead and guide us. How? In Psalm 23, 3. Down paths of righteousness and obedience to God's way for, again, revealing how great He is, His name's sake. God will help us for his name's sake. Psalm 79, 9. Help us, O God, for our salvation, for the glory of your name, and deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. So not only does he lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, but he forgives us and gives us salvation for the glory of his name. God will forgive for his name's sake. Again, in Psalm 25, that was Psalm 79 9, Psalm 25 11. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Praise the Lord. He sent his son, Jesus Christ. We have the incarnation of the Messiah, Jesus, so that we could be forgiven, so that he could live and die for us. 
Psalm 109.21, but you, O Lord, but you, O God, pardon me, the Lord, deal kindly with me for your name's sake, because your loving kindness is good, deliver me. The reality is God's through God's justice and God's loving kindness and mercy and grace, we see how glorious He is. And people can see how great He is. Uh, so through following Him, John 10, 3 and 4, you might just write that down. We've looked at that in past weeks. But we need to follow Him. The Good Shepherd. The Chief Shepherd. So that we can bring glory to Him. Through following Him and obeying Him. Also through loving actions. You know, Jesus Christ laid His life down for the sheep. And we ought to lay our lives down for one another and be self-sacrificing. We are to love one another. 1 John 3, 23 and 24. Would you look at this with me for one moment? 1 John 3, 23 and 24. This is His commandment. That we love one another. Okay, this is His commandment, sorry. That we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. The one who keeps His commandments abides in Him, and He in Him. We know by this that He abides in us by the Spirit whom He has given us. We will follow, obey Him, And we will love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We will love others. We will proclaim the message. That is, we will tell others. And we will tell others. And we will tell others. Right? But God's glory must drive us to greater lives of worship. Even in most difficult moments of life. Our hearts ache for those in Kentucky, those who have lost loved ones, those who have lost almost everything. But God is good. And even in the most difficult moments, how will we declare the greatness of God, the love and the grace of God? I love Jesus. Corbin, watch this here for one moment. come before you and sometimes we we look at what's going on around us and we can't see very far ahead we can't make sense of what's happening 
May we be people who glorify you, even in the midst of great heartache. Help us to be people who understand your greatness and your love and your mercy and your power and your might, your great glory. And not only understand it, but allow it to guide our decisions and our actions. In the midst of blessings, Lord, we can be, you know, even in those situations, we may be more distracted than if we were suffering. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you so that we can reveal our complete understanding, or as great as we can understand, that we love you and that your name is magnificent. There's something about your name, Jesus, and people are missing it in the, in the United States. There's people turning to other things all over the place whether it's to the experts, or maybe they're just living in fear, and yet we have the answer. So may your people throughout these United States and throughout the world, may we, Lord, help us that we may proclaim your great glory in all that we think, say, and do. Whether we can play a piano or not, Help us to be people that are reflecting your great glory, your, your love and your mercy, and point people to you, Lord Jesus. May you be glorified in the coming year by all that we think, say, and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Just want to remind you what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Could I have some young folks come up to take up this morning's offering?